So I went and I saw a movie uh, the other day. And uh, this woman, and, she, you know, that's the thing is it's hard to tell in a movie theater how old someone is. Yeah. But, I mean, she had the, she weren't sure she had the most, I mean, distractingly good-looking legs. I mean, just fucking like, holy shit. And I'm trying to watch the movie, but every time she'd move, I'd catch it in, in my periphery. Well, I'm sure she's like 27. And what I now can say is, hey. Al Pacino's 83 and just had a kid. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. So, David Himmel, you went with your family to a White Sox game, and according to you, without much more context, you came away from the experience with an unusual conclusion. Yeah. Um, So, there's this baseball player for the Los Angeles Angels named Shohai Otani. I think I'm saying his first name right i hope i'm saying it right his nickname is showtime or the unicorn he's meant to be like the most incredible baseball player that's ever graced the diamond other than robert redford other than robert redford yeah of course he was he was the natural he was the natural man my brother-in-law an easter back at easter he was like hey he's talking about you know otani and he's like they're the, the angels are playing the white Sox like in in may I think we're going to come up. Do you guys want to go to the game with us? So it was going to be like this whole, like, you know, my in-laws, Katie's brother and sister, we're going to come with the kids. It was going to be this whole thing. Um, her brother and his family couldn't make it. So it was just uh, her older sister, Donna, her husband, Lester, and their kids, AJ and Teddy. And then Harry came with us. And we all went to the game. We had great seats, right? Like 10 rows back from um, first baseline. Really great seats. It was a horrible game. The Sox got absolutely fucking crushed um it's not they played bad it was just like the angels were a major league baseball team and the white Sox were like a really good a high school baseball team you know um but yeah so anyway it's been a while since i've been to a baseball game baseball games are fun i love baseball it's my favorite of all the of all the sports that i would like to see live there are two sports i don't like to see i don't like i just don't like watching football um and i don't like the crowd so much and i'm not old to watch yeah and i'm not and and i'm not a big basketball fan because it just it moves too fast for me to be able to see and and enjoy um but i really but on the kind i love hockey live Mm -hmm. and i love rate and i love baseball live yeah yeah and and Baseball, I feel like hockey and baseball are two different sports to watch. Like yeah. Hockey's like, yeah, go, and there's things happening. And and baseball and like, takes its time. Yeah. Baseball takes its time. Baseball is, you know, you're in like racist Georgia on a porch drinking <laughs> slow gin fizz. You know, like <laughs> where hockey is like, you know, New York City at rush hour. Right, like it's it's exciting. You're fighting, and give me that cab, and or right, like that's New York. Right? Hockey players see to me. To me, the difference is baseball players are baseball players, and they and they are very they they are adept, but they're a bunch of sort of like overweight dudes 
I mean, guys, they, can I mean, be. they, you know, I mean, you can be an overweight guy and be a great baseball player, but it's like sort of overweight dudes, bigger dudes are very, very good at what they do. There's a professional sense to them. And hockey is sort of like a bunch of kids that grew up ready to beat the shit out of you and fucking they skate fast. You know, it's just, yeah. there's a difference. You know, the, the, I, I see the hockey kids when you're like a kid and you want to be a, a baseball player, there's a nobility to it. You know, there's, there's sort of like, ah, oh, it's baseball. It's America's thing. And then hockey is like the kids sitting out in the parking lot of the circle K looking at the, the gas change in the moonlight as they poured it out on the asphalt and going, what the fuck do you want to do? Fuck you. Let's go play hockey. That's the yeah, difference. Base, baseball kids, baseball players had nannies growing up and <laughs> hockey kids still don't know their parents. Exactly. There you go. You're that sums it up. Own, yeah. So. So we're at the game, and uh, it, getting the tickets was really tricky because Lester ordered all six of them for us, and then we had to get the tick pick app, some ticket app, you know, third party thing. Oh, I know. And like, I got it. I was trying to like, I could see the tickets, and I was trying to get like my tickets or our family's tickets on my phone, and I couldn't quite do it. And then Katie figured it out. So okay, she's got it. But it was just really like, where, like, where, where's the ticket? What's, wh what's going on here? Fully understanding that I'm, as we just discovered, getting rid of this podcast, I'm not, and we've talked about it in this podcast before, I'm not the best when it comes to tech stuff. I'm, I get impatient. I don't have a natural, it's not like an intuitive thing for me. I struggle. Like, I'm not a total idiot. There's the certainly is, people worse than me. What I will say about your, because uh, you're not a Luddite, and it's not that you don't understand. It really has more to do with your impatience. Mm -hmm. It more You want it to work exactly the way you want it to work when you want it yeah. to work. And if it doesn't work that way, then you kind of get into this this red fog where you yes. can't see you can't see the solution in front of you because you're so fucking angry that it didn't work the way you thought it would. So it's not that you don't understand technology. It's that you are on a hair trigger at all times. And technology sets you off because and it's compounded because technology is supposed to make things easier. You know what would be fucking easy? If a ticket came to me in the mail and I could hold it in my hand and put it in my wallet and then take it out when I need. <laughs> okay, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna back I'm gonna, I'm gonna back you up because you you know as the promotions director here in Wichita for four <laughs> not one for four of the top radio stations in Wichita. Now, granted, Wichita is not big. Um, How many radio but, stations are there in Wichita? Oh God, there's all probably together. all together. I want to say probably if you count the really tiny ones, because there are some, there's some like, Hey, some guy in the back of his basement, you know, runs country one Oh two, four, five AM. You know, they've got it. We've got those. We've got those. He's, he's doing what we're doing, but he's getting paid for it. So no, actually he's probably not really getting paid for it. I'll be honest with you. I've seen the guy. I've seen these guys. They're super That's nice guys. I've met them, talked to them. They're super nice guys. I guarantee you this is more their hobby than anything else, but like this. So it is just like this. But uh, no, but one of the things that I do is promotions. In fact, I would argue that is the major thing that I do is putting on contests and giving tickets away to winners. Now we have most of the bigger venues use electronic tickets. Which, yep. you know, it's Ticketmaster, select a seat, whatever, right? And so it from my end, it's incredibly easy to send them to people. And if they do not get them, resend them to people. We've got a couple of venues that still do 
hard tickets. Okay. Now, first of all, I'm not fucking mailing you a ticket. No, I know. You're going to come to the station and no, you're going to come to the station. You're going to pick your ticket up. Now, if I mail it to you, and sometimes people go, I had one guy like, hey, I need the clutch tickets and I know I want them, but my car broke down. So I can't put, come by the station to pick them up. So could you mail them to me? And my first question was, well, the concert's not for another month. You think your car will still be broken down for a month? <laughs> You know, I said, all right, I, I said, I can mail it to you, but if it gets lost in the mail, I mean, once I've, once I've given it up to USPS, that's it. if, yep. if you, if they don't get to you, ain't nothing I can do. Well, of course, this particular guy in this particular situation, it does not get the tickets. I, I mailed them. I know I mailed them. Right. And yeah. he's like, well, you said I'd get the tickets. I said, I said that I would mail you the tickets. If you didn't get the tickets, there's nothing I can do about it because they left my hands. Mm-hmm. Well, I want my tickets. I won the tickets. I said, do you not understand what I'm saying? I mean, he just couldn't get it. And he was just as frustrated with my ticket policy as you are with not being able to find your tickets on the phone. So I'm saying there is no easy way to do this unless you go to the place and buy a fucking ticket. Right. But yes, I've used Fandango to buy movie tickets. <laughs> I hate that. I've used Ticketmaster. I mean, ticket, you know, fuck Ticketmaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reasons, but oh, like, yeah. But Ticketmaster, I buy the ticket. It goes to my Ticketmaster app. I can easily add it to my Apple phone wallet. Yep. Boom, boom, boom. You know, uh, t- the United app. Like when I buy airline tickets, I fly United a lot, like for work. Sure. It's super easy. So this TickPick thing, like when thi- convenience, that's the whole point of technology to improve our lives. So when it makes it more difficult, because I know they can do it. It's been done. I've used electronic tickets. So anyway, so that's just like, oh, fuck, fine, whatever. So we get to, we're driving to Sox Park. Because I can't remember what it's, it's guaranteed rate field, right? That's what I, it is I, now. I don't know what it's, it's, I just call it, I just call it Comiskey. I'm going to call it Comiskey till the day I die. Yeah, it, sorry. Also, I did learn, when did I hear this? That when guaranteed rate, if you, like, think back, if you, if you can, guaranteed rate is a, like a, a mortgage company, right? It's it's usury. What do you mean? It's a it's a it's a Shylock company. Well, I mean, as much as like mortgages are Shylocks, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's sure. it's yeah. It's like it's like well, what have we with the last two or three episodes we've talked about the ugly houses thing? That's all it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think guaranteed rate is a little more on the up and up than. The ugly houses, but it's well, so, so, no, on the up and up is on the on the up and up is you've got your bookie on the corner in the back of a pawn shop wearing a, a a sweaty t-shirt with a beer stain on it. That guy is the guy, right? Then you have his brother who does the exact same shit, but wears a suit and tie. Suit, that's yeah, that's sure. it. That's the only difference between guaranteed rate and ugly houses. They're usuries. They're 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 they're, they're they're just they're just Shylocks. They're sucky. I hate saying Shylock, but I can say it because you're Jewish. So I get it. Oh, is that it, a Shakespeare? Shylock is Sha- Shylock is Shakespeare. Yeah, Merchant of Venice. But what does that have to do with Jews? Well, Shylock Shylock is very obviously a Jew in the play. I mean, it is like seriously, yeah, like I'm not aware of this, dude. Dude, Shylock this is, is Shakespeare blind spot. Shylock is like the most anti-Semitic character ever created in like popular history. 
And it's, I mean, he's, he is nothing more. The only thing that is more dirty Jew than, than shy. Well, I mean, that's, that's, I'm telling you, if you've read, you've got to read the play for crying out loud. It is really, it is really, but the only worse sort of like anti Semitic dirty Jew you're ever going to see is that the uh, Guato or whatever his name is, the the character in a Phantom Menace that sells Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. And that's way bad. That's so obviously Jewish inside Charlie. He even has the 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 I mean you can still you can get what away is, with what play is this? A merchant in Venice. A merchant right, of Venice. What, buy a copy of that. I'm gonna read that on the plane to Israel. Yeah. And <laughs> so, ah, yes. The funny thing about guaranteed rate is that their logo has an arrow pointing down because you know you get the lowest rate so apparently when they bought the sponsorship rights to the white Sox park the white Sox are like please do not put your logo with the gigantic arrow pointing down on all of our shit like on the side of our buildings it looks like we're losing it yes. looks like we're going down yes you can do anything else and they were like nah fuck you were paying for this shit so like it, every time i drive past the white Sox park it just it looks it's just, it's funny to me because, like, you know, guaranteed rate, home of the Chicago White Sox. Burp. You know, yeah. Sure. So, anyway, so we go to the game and we go to park cashless. Okay, fine. That's cool. We've got a credit card. No problem. We get into the park. Everything is cashless. You can open an app and order shit from the app. You can, everything is cashless, which for me is perfectly fine because the only cash I, I had like a hundred something, maybe like 200 and something bucks on me in cash. Um, most of that was like birthday money that I got like for my dad and Katie's parents sent me, you know, a hundred bucks in cash in the mail. And, um, which it dawned on me this year that like, they've been doing that since I've known them. And I'm like, why are you guys sending cash? That's like the one thing you're told you, not to do. Yeah. You're pretty much told exclusively just like the tickets to clutch, man. And once it's in the mail, if it's gone yeah, and all it takes is one guy to go, Hey, look, it looks like there's a, there's a, there's a C note in here. Rip. Boom. I'm not awesome. about somebody stealing the cash. I'm concerned about things getting lost in the mail. Just generally because Chicago mail kind of sucks. Well, yeah. That's the concern, but you know, whatever. Anyway. So I just started thinking that like, well, this is uh, this is kind of exclusive, or exclusive, exclusive, exclusion, exclusionary. There we go. I knew, I knew we'd get there. And because you're a writer, you're a writer for a living. You're yeah. a writer. I'm glad. Well, I'm glad that. Uh, yeah. So I mentioned this to Katie. She's like, "It's not shut up," and I'm like, "No, <laughs> but but it kind of is because what about the Sox fans that don't have bank accounts?" You know that that or they can't afford the that don't have smartphones with all the things. Oh, they all have. They all they all have smartphones. I'm sorry. You may not have cash, but everybody's got a fucking smartphone. Homeless people have smartphones. Come on. It just it felt like by eliminating cash as an option, you're eliminating opportunities for some people to come to a game. Now, Katie's whole point was, well, but people people that don't have bank accounts probably can't afford the White Sox tickets. And I go, well, that's a problem too. That is a problem. Yeah. That, yeah. that makes it, that makes it again, it, you know, and Katie suffers from what I will call white liberal blindness or, or, or intentional, uh, obfuscation or ignorance of the righteous in that 
I mean, I mean, if 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 bottom line is if if they said, "Hi, you can come to the White Sox game, but if you're black, we're not going to let you in because you just you're just not the right kind of people." She would she would freak out. But the fact is, most of the people that don't have bank accounts in Chicago are black and Latino, which means those people don't get to go to a White Sox game because they don't have bank accounts. It doesn't matter can they afford it. The point is. Do they want to go and can they access us if they can't access? So maybe they get gifted a ticket and they go, well, then they got to sit and watch a 19 hour ball game, but they don't get any fucking beer. They can't buy a hot dog. You know, soon enough, they won't be able to use the bathroom because it's going to be like a pay to piss. And I'm telling you, you're right. I think you're absolutely right. It's completely exclusionary. So a couple of things like, so Katie and I kept talking about this and I was thinking, well, I, I thought Chicago like did a cashless ban, which was discussed a couple months ago, maybe last year, which would be a couple months ago. <laughs> anyway, Lori Lightfoot was saying at the time, Mayor Lightfoot was saying um, businesses should go cashless because that will prevent robberies. And a lot of other alder well, people it will, were saying it will well, it will definitely lower the risk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But there's also like no facts to support that like it was an overwhelming uh, there weren't like the facts to support it. Whatever. Like I don't remember exactly what happened. Evanston um has been considering a uh a ban on cashless cashless sales for the reason that we were just discussing. And I think that that is going to go through. I don't think it's gone through yet. Um, so Katie and I were talking about this and she was, we, we took a pause from it. Um, but I mentioned, uh, the TSA pre-check cause we're getting ready to go to Israel. And I was like, Hey, I recommend you sign. Like, I don't know if it's going to have, you're going to have time, but like, I've got my pre- uh, pre-check and as long as it's going to work for international flights, which I think it does. Yeah, it does. Cause I, cause I did it last year. Um, I'm not waiting for you guys. You know? Oh, shame on you. You will wait for him. Bullshit. You will totally wait for your fucking family or you're just goddamn Dana German. Stop it. You will wait. Oh, you will fucking wait. You will that shit on me. Fuck it. Hey, I've been down that road. I'm okay, telling you, okay. you will wait right. for your fucking family. You're right. Oh, what I told her, though, is like, no, I'm not going to wait until <laughs> a lesson to get your Prius, your, your TSA pre-check. She goes. She goes, so you had issues with the White Sox park being cashless, but you have no problem with the TSA pre-check. That's also exclusionary. Yes, it is. I go, no, it's not. She goes, yeah, it is. Yeah, it totally is. Liberal blindness. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It benefits me, so I don't see that it doesn't benefit anybody else. Yeah. And here's here's where we got into the the argument, though, is the TSA pre-check is kind of this like private thing. Like there, ac- money provides access. It's right. The, like, you, if you have money. It's the Disney. You can, buy, you can get an apartment, a bigger apartment. You. Can, it's the Disney Flash Pass. If I pay yes. a little extra, I can get yeah. in front of the line. That's all it is. Yeah. TSA PreCheck is just Disney Flash Pass, so that the plebes who can't afford the Flash Pass have to fucking stand in line in the heat and wait to ride the yeah. goddamn Magic Mountain. I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. The difference is this. That's a privatized kind of thing. Yeah. Um, because you can still travel if you don't have TSA pre-check. And it, like, let's be honest, TSA pre-check saves me all of what five minutes. 
It's really the, the illusion of freedom than anything else. Yes. It's that's it. it I don't got to wait in line. I don't got to wait in like, line. I can go ahead of wait people. in line. I'm just waiting in line behind. It's a TSA free check. It's a shorter it's a line. Shorter line. Yeah. And you suddenly feel relieved of the, of the plea Those, mentality of having to the, wait behind people on that fat woman and her four children that, you know, are going to sit right in front of you and drive you yes, crazy. Yes. They're still going to sit in front of you, but you'll get your seat first. <laughs> I enjoy that. The difference is that those who can afford to fly with or without pre-check can still fly. The White Sox, like this is, like to your point, like if somebody is gifted a ticket, you know, who can't afford, normally can't afford to go to a White Sox game, that's it. They're fucked. No, they can still go to the game. They just can't have a good. They have to. They have to wait in line. Yeah, part of the the baseball game experience is spending nine thousand dollars on way too much food and you know sixteen dollar old or Miller Lite beers, right? Like, yeah, which is why it's so much better to just watch the White Sox on your black and white TV with the rabbit ears, drinking your own Miller Lite because. Then you can have your friends around and they can all afford to sit and drink and watch. But the difference is that <laughs> like, and this is where Katie and I disagreed was that I felt like, you know, air travel is one thing. That's a more privatized thing, but the Chicago white Sox should be more accessible because it's a Chicago sports team. I feel like, things that belong to the city and she's like but it's not it's a private organization it is a private organization you know who you sound like chicago white Sox. you know who you sound like you know how you who you sound like shylock no you sound like donnie smith who thinks that holly hollywood should be altruistic (laughs) that movie theaters should we had a long conversation where it was like movie theaters should should set aside certain time slots and give it to small independent films and it's like well, that's assuming that movie theaters and the guys that own movie theaters are artists and give a fuck about altruism and not just about the almighty dollar. The White Sox doesn't give a shit about the fans. It only cares about making the cash, which is why they keep selling their goddamn stadium to be named after some rando fucking thing. Let me give you, I want to talk about cashless thing because you made me think about something. Well, so let me the, throw some numbers at you real quickly. Well, before you get to the numbers, I just want to tell this story real quick. I just want, I, I think you'll appreciate this. It was a very strange moment and it made me wish because I haven't carried cash. I mean, Dana was always really big about cash. I don't really, well, obviously, but, uh, I was, I, sorry, sorry. It just went, my brain went there to the instant, but, uh, no, but, uh, I, I, I really haven't carried cash in like a decade. I don't even have change in my car, you know? And, uh, and there, I, I live downtown Wichita and I'm probably a hop and a step from where a lot of the homeless, you know, like the, the, the homeless centers and their feet, you know, it's like, it's very cool, but yeah, I go and I'm, 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 I'm going into, to get a pack of cigarettes. I think at this, uh, it wasn't a quick trip, but whatever it's, you know, one of the convenience stores. And as I'm walking, this guy looks at me. There's a home, obviously a homeless guy, this guy, and he's a white guy. And he looks at me, he says, uh, he says, yeah, do you think, can I, can I get some change? And here was, here was the mistake here, here. It was just one of those bad moments where I didn't think about him asking me ch- for change. I thought about the concept of carrying change <laughs> and I laughed. Yeah. And all of a sudden I saw his face. He goes, I'm glad you think it's fucking funny. And I went, Oh, 
I'm a dick. You know, I said, I, and I, you know, and I started to explain to him, I'm not laughing at you or your plight. I'm, I'm laughing at the concept that prevents you from yeah the concept yeah. that I no longer have change. Well, as I start to explain it, I go, he doesn't give a flat fuck. Yeah. So all I've got is my debit card. So I said, all right. I said, I feel like shit that I laughed. I'm sorry. I didn't mean. I don't want you to take it personally. I said, if I go inside and get, you know, because all I've got is credit card. Can I get you something? And this motherfucker looks at me. and He goes, they have ATMs. Mm-hmm. And I went, yeah, well, go fuck yourself. And then I went in and got my cigarettes and left because I thought, dude, yeah. I just offered to buy you something. And your first response is they have ATMs Then you don't really want. I mean, it's like, fuck off. I, you he know. wants to spend it on drugs. Well, no, I don't think it was that he wants to spend it on I, drugs. Yeah. But, you know, but the thing about it is it made me feel it was like this weird sort of thing where. I've kind of gone cashless for most things anyway. I literally can't remember the last time other than in Vegas when I would take, you know, go to the bank and get like a hundred bucks to Which go spend it. have sex with your wife? No, that never worked for me. I paid rent and didn't <laughs> get any of that. Um, but uh, no, when I would go gamble because they won't, you know, but uh, yeah. So, so yeah. So I, I, it, it was one of those things where the concept of cashless again, being exclusionary is, you know, I, I thought about this, like, what about the buskers? What about yeah. the buskers? What the fuck did you've, you've destroyed them? Um, most illegal drug sales are done with cash. So the more the more cash you get rid of, the less uh, the less that underground economy uh, yes. thrives. You know, exactly. pe- people in the work of uh, you know in the in the in the profession that my ex wife's in, you know, no nobody's going to pay a prostitute with a credit card. I mean, I guess if you're super wealthy, maybe you do, but that's really exclusionary for just the guy that wants a $5 hand job. You're not yeah. going to say, Hey, Venmo me. I mean, it's, well, the, what it, the legal ones. I mean, the legal, well, ones what, sure. well, what do you put Venmo Square Ven, readers, Venmo, and then the cucumber that squirts. I, it's like, yeah, I don't, probably. I don't, I think that's a bad idea. I think people get caught. So Katie continued, you know, we had the, the TSA pre-check conversation i was trying to make the case that like yes i understand the white Sox are privately owned and they don't give a fuck about the fans which i think is bullshit we should be more altruistic like yes your chicago white Sox, like they put this ownership of the teams to the people like i so it, it is like you know bullshit capitalism versus bullshit altruism so okay fine but katie's other argument was it's probably affecting like no people. Are you crazy? That's what I said. So I'm like, he's really got the blindness of the righteous. Holy shit, man. Was, but it made me think of like when you and I get into like the police brutality thing or the gun violence thing. And you're like, but look at the numbers. So I looked at the numbers. All right. Tell me about the numbers. I love the so, numbers. You know, I'm a big to, fan of this. According to bank on Chicago, uh, this is, um, this is an organization that works to like eliminate the um uh inequality the social and economic inequality in the city and what they're saying is seven percent of chicago residents are unbanked so that means they don't have a checking or savings account which means they can't have a credit card attached to anything as i as i understand so how many is seven percent of what six million how many people are in chicago chicago six million right something like that yeah I mean, I know whatever the math is on that. Well, so 25% of black households in Chicago are unbanked. 
$40,000 is the cost of being unbanked over a lifetime. And 50 million underbanked adults are nationwide. And apparently, Chicago, uh, let's see. Where did I pull it up? Um, so the percentage of residents in the Chicago metro area that do not have bank accounts is higher than the national average. Um, this this is from uh, econo the Economic Security Project. If it's 7%, that's 420,000 people. This is not small. That's not small. That's that's. Yeah. I mean, that's basically the population of the city I live in right now. Yeah. So that feels like a lot of exclusionary. people. It's totally exclusionary. And like to your point earlier, I get it. I understand why they're doing this. And to a degree, I understand Mayor, former Mayor Lightfoot's opinion. You know, if you don't want to get robbed, don't carry cash. Well, I mean, that is that 100% the truth. Yeah. But that's also like... Uh, you know, bad guys are going to do bad things. Just fuck, I don't know. It's, it just, it feels exclusionary because there is a, a large part of the population that either prefers to carry cash, that can't carry and, cash. And, and David, what I will, what I will say, and this is, makes me the least popular person in all of podcast land. Oh, but now it does. This is it, what, this is, the this, this is, this is the thing that's going to tip it over. This is finally, <laughs> it's fine. I'm finally saying the thing that will tip it over to fully canceled is Jesus. All of humanity is designed to be exclusionary. I understand yep. the desire to have everyone included, but the fact of the matter is every, there's all that's, that is the competition of humanity of society of everything and it's not just capitalism it's not communist bottom line is there are always going to be people who have and there are always going to be people who have not and there are all that does not mean that that's something that's we should accept lot of the bible of right exactly so i'm not i'm not saying that that's okay i'm not saying that i'm not saying that's okay but one of the things i think is yeah. weird about the whole concept of exclusionary and inclusion is that if if some people benefit from the system and other people do not what we should do is should we tear down the people that benefit? Well, we've got enough money in this country that we don't have to tear down the people who benefit. All we have to do is build up the people who don't. But there is this, this, this class hatred of wealth. And I, I mean, I share it. I hate the fucking wealthy. I can't stand to be in the same room with them, but, uh, which is why we FaceTime. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey man i'm yeah. no longer wealthy yeah there you go yeah you spent nine thousand dollars on a hand hamburger <laughs> let me tell you what we bought this was just, it was like we bought two different kinds of nachos a slice of pizza of, fr of italian ice um a fucking like a goddamn 40 dollar 30 something dollar maybe it's 28 i don't know Let's just call it thirty bucks. Uh, yeah, let you know vodka lemonade for Katie. Um, I had th three beers. Yeah, it was like it was. I think it was just shy of like nine thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no. So yes, the, the you know the, the, the movies are becoming, and 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 that's the thing yeah. is it is exclusionary. The only way that you combat that is either don't go and they have to lower their prices and make it easier, or right. 
But I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you in the history of mankind, going to the White Sox and saying, you should lower your prices and let the poor people come in. They're going to look at you like you're a fucking idiot. Why? Because they pay for their sailboats with the money that comes from the fucking gate. And that's it. Because baseball players, even the shittiest ones, are making hundreds of thousand dollars a year to fucking play baseball. Whatever. I know that. That's, yeah, no, no. Whatever. Game, you know, I just got a little worked up. I'm sorry. I will. <laughs> I got a little worked up. My words started coming out slurred like I'm drinking and all I'm drinking is coffee. Um, but but uh, yeah, no, I mean, you're, yeah, you're right. And yeah, it's just it's asking people to take less than what they than than what they are capable of getting is it is a losing strategy and it has always been a losing strategy the only time it's ever worked even for a brief period is when you cut their fucking heads off but then those people that cut their heads off got all the stuff and they made the same system all over again after the french revolution bottom line is humanity i mean you know what was it the partition Patricia Colors starts Black Lives Matter as an organization and then gets a bunch of deals with Warner Brothers and then gets all this money that's donated and buys fucking million dollar houses. It's a beach house. Yeah. Buys, you know, and now and now Warner Brothers has uh, canceled her gig. She she got paid for all this, but they said, yeah, you're you're no longer a credible. You're no longer a credible activist uh, voice. And so she's, you know, so you got all this money. She's got a. And, and so that is, is how it, it works. Is it because that Warner Brothers actually cares about having a credible? Not a bit. Because they know that if the voice isn't credible enough, that everybody else will make a scene and they won't make the money they need to make by. Because it's all the it, activist. It's, it's Chick-fil-A getting a DEI thing. The only reason they yeah. did it was because they're homophobic. They don't want to be considered the piece of shit homophobic. They want what they want is they want a larger market of the yeah. liberals who stopped going to eat at Chick-fil-A because they're a bunch of gay bashers. So they said, we're going to hire a DEI thing so that we could at least focus on the black people. And then that's what we'll do. And now, now the Republicans, like the extreme are like, whoa, it's woke chicken. Fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off. Well, and God, the number of like liberals that, I mean, not even like liberals, like the extreme, just like, yeah, just like our friends, like people like us that eat Chick-fil-A and they're like, I know, but but it's it's so good. good. But it's not. It's really it's not, not good. good. It's really not that good a chicken. And I make, it's you know, fine. It's chicken. Yes. Raising canes their is far better. Is, lemonade is really good. But yeah. Raising canes are far better chicken tenders than fucking chicken. Or best chicken sandwich Popeyes. And they're easier to get to because there's more, of them, at least up here. No, there are plenty of Popeyes here. Uh, last time I, I can't, I can't do Popeyes for the same reason I can't do Red Lobster. Because the last time I ate there, I got food poisoning and shit myself for three days. So, sorry. God, Katie nope. loves Red Lobster. She's got like nope. for a number of Christmases. Nope. I would give her like a twenty-five dollar, uh, like Red Lobster gift card for her uh, stocking. Dude, know, stocking to this to this day, when I walk two hundred dollars, yeah, when I walk in a Red Lobster, I feel queasy, so I can't do it because I mean it. It gave me, and I don't know what it was that it didn't matter. I went, let's put it this way. Here's, here's a gross tale. Um, this was, oh God, this is years ago. I come, um, it was, I think it was after my divorce from Jen. I think so. But it wasn't like a response to that, but it was, so I was solo and I came to Wichita and this is when my mom lived on Faulkner. Anyway, um, 
So we go and she picks that she and, and my dad pick me up at the airport and we decide we're going to go to Red Lobster. So we get a Red Lobster and it's like, all right, yeah. So we eat some seafood. We eat some stuff. I go upstairs, you know, we get back to the place. I put on at the time I had a pair of those like really thick sweats, like with the mm-hmm. gather on the, on the legs. So it's like really, you know, like, right. And I go to bed and I'm sleeping in my sweats in the guest room and I wake up and I've shit myself. I mean, I like a massive amount of, I'm sick. I'm sweating. I've got a fever and I shit myself and, and I wake up, but, 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 but the, the sweats were so thick. It hadn't seeped out onto the bed. And because there's the gathers on my feet, it hadn't gone out the bottoms. So I'm like, what the fuck do I do? Cause I'm literally, I'm like in a bubble. I've got like this big sweats diaper full of shit. What do I do? Well, the bathroom is right around the corner. So I just kind of got up and kind of waddled into the bathroom and just turned the shower on and got in the shower and pulled them off and just washed myself off. <laughs> and that's what, and that's the last memory I have red lobster. So if you walk me into red lobster, right. that's all I think about. So I'm not eating the red fucking lobster. Sorry. I, I get that. They're yeah. not a sponsor of the ape cast. I'm sorry. Not anymore. They aren't. <laughs> So would you say that Red Lobster is exclusionary toward people with uh, weak tummies? And now, Warsack of the News. Right, let's start with this one. It's, it's, okay. All right, here we go. This is, <laughs> this is out of Politico and uh, uh, another opportunity for you to totally get canceled here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you for providing the off ramp. I appreciate it. The autism advocates are dreading a campaign season of insinuations about Ron DeSantis. So, what people on the right that are like for Trump have started going like, "Do you see Ron DeSantis? He's on the spectrum. He's such a spectrum dude. Spectrum this, spectrum that." And autism ad- advocates are like, "So fucking what?" stop insulting stop using that as a negative thing for him so like there are these liberals that are starting to like come to DeSantis's defense well, okay ba- okay back up is it uh, uh, i guess the first question i have is is ron DeSantis autistic is he on the autistic spectrum i mean is he or is he not are they just saying it they're just saying it there's been no doctor that we know of that has diagnosed him as being on the spectrum any more than anybody well, else. Okay. So, so perhaps a better goal, a better thing for the autism community, which I ban people don't understand the whole concept of the word community anymore because none of these things are communities. I'm sorry. Anyway, the, 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 the advocates of let's not stigmatize autism instead, instead of saying stop using that as a negative, which is a i think that's a completely legitimate thing to say it's not going to work because it's not like he's autistic and they're saying he's autistic and that's negative it's like they're making shit up so what they should do is just start making shit up about them yeah well you fuck children yeah well you like to fuck cocker space pretty much anything they like to fuck just says you like to fuck random random garbage on the ground yeah well you know because what just happened well because because the thing about it is if you're if if he okay if he is autistic and they're saying look he's autistic that's bad then the argument to say don't make autism bad is a good is a good campaign but if he's not actually autistic then they're just making shit up so then their campaign should be make shit up about them okay 
And pretty much the only thing that Republicans really have a problem with is is people fucking. They hate people fucking. They don't like do men fucking, fucking men. They don't like women licking each other's scissor. They don't like any of that. So let's just you guys, yeah. Hey, look, you fuck you <laughs> fucked the hamburglar. <laughs> okay, I gave you an off ramp. I thought you were gonna use it. Otherwise, you're gonna take us off road until like <laughs> We're driving through forests now in people's houses. What the fuck just happened? All right. Did you just did you just meet me today? Is this the first time you've had a conversation with me? If I'm gonna go, I'm going all the way. Oh. <laughs> hey, hey, quit using the R word and while you're at it, stop fucking trash on the street. What? Well, no, if you're gonna make shit up about somebody, really make some shit up. That's a great campaign. <laughs> If you're going to make shit up about about us, we're going to make shit up about you, and that's that. Then we're all free game because there's no real information. All right. So this, uh, and everybody knows that everybody <laughs> knows that that Donald Trump uh, and 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 Mike Pence, you know, like fucked each other in the shower after they ate at Red Lobster, and we're washing the shit off of them. So there you go. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's. And this says something to like either how fascinating and incredible my my imagination is or how just broken I am as a person. It's really easy for me to see that play out. Oh, oh absolutely. Really absolutely. All right. Your next headline, U.S. life expectancy problem is bigger than we thought, report finds. Oh, see, this is so good that you mentioned this because... Uh... One of my uh, one of my uh, my six things is uh, is is about this very topic. Is that uh, why the question becomes uh, uh, our life expectancy has gone down and it is consistently going down. It's not like it's going down. It went down a little bit and now we're just lower. It's consider it's consistently going down. What's crazy about this story is that uh, since the 1950s, it's yeah. been getting worse. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so the and 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 the thing is, and what I liked, of, and I'll you know, like I said, I'll recommend. But the, the, from what I've, I I listened to this podcast, and then I read some stuff because I like to I like my numbers. Um, and and the easy thing to do is to blame it on one thing, but the reality is, right. it's probably it's probably a little bit of a whole bunch of things, a lot of things, yeah. And and more importantly than anything else, it happens to be it's 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 how we how we individually make choices to live our lives that is causing it on mass. It was sort of like one of the things, one of the things I thought was interesting is like, okay, yes, is obesity like chronic obesity? Is that genetic? And there are some people say, yes, absolutely. It's genetic. And some people say, no, you're just a bunch of fatties. Well, the, the argument is if you look at numbers, you know, that, you know, in the 1950s, uh, the obesity rate of the United States was 15%. You cannot say that a, a rise to 65% in yeah. what, 70 years is a genetic thing. That's not genetic. Genetics right. doesn't work that way. So there's a lot of other, lot of other factors that are coming into it. And, you know, there you go. But anyway, so yes, yeah. that I, 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 you know, I, I don't worry about it because I'm, I'm ready to die. So I'm okay. <laughs> you and Biggie Smalls. All right. Uh, well, don't die yet, Don, because, uh, Things are about to get a whole lot more exciting over at Starbucks. <laughs> uh, Starbucks is changing its iced coffee 
and Americans are loving it. First okay. of all, first of all, getting iced coffee is sort of like getting cold soup or oh, hot no, ice cream. No, iced coffee sucks balls. Coffee is supposed to be piping hot. That's the. I think this is one of those things that I'm sorry to put in the opinions that are not worth even. Who gives a shit? I'm just saying, iced coffee. You know, hey, you know, go, yeah, yeah whatever. Well, what not I into it. About iced coffee is when I I went to a Starbucks one time. <laughs> it was summertime, and I was like, hey, can I get a a black iced coffee? And they're like, well, we don't <laughs> we don't have iced coffee right now. And I like, I must have done this. What? And they were like, yeah, we don't have iced coffee. I go, how do you not have iced coffee? Like, well, the, whatever. I go, do you have hot coffee? Yes. Do you have ice? Yes. Put ice in a cup, pour the hot coffee on it. Well, then the ice will melt. It'll be fine. See, and this is like, like, I was this acting, like, like I was robbing them. This is like Jack Nicholson in five easy pieces with the chicken sandwich. That's exactly what this is. That's a very funny. Fuck. Yeah. People. Like, I don't need, you know, yeah, like, take fruit, nitro, like just fucking put some ice in a cup. Do you have bread? It's fine. Do you have bread? Yeah. Do you have chicken? You put it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the worst Jack. The worst Jack Nicholson impression on the history of mankind. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, so this ice, they're cha- I, Starbucks is changing their ice. Have you ever eaten at a Sonic? Yeah. Have you ever gotten like a soda from a Sonic or like the li- the cherry limeades? Those yeah, things? yeah, and they've got that you know that, that like that, that popcorn. Ice that's, yeah, that like the popcorn, the popcorn ice. Yeah. This, I mean, this ice is incredible. Like it. It holds, it doesn't melt super quick, but it's chewy in a weird way. Like it's, it's great ice. Hospitals have this ice. Like the best thing about giving birth for Katie is the fucking ice. Um, See, anything in machines that can make anything that like doesn't melt, dollars. anything that's ice that doesn't melt um, and is chewy says, says something about the ice that suddenly I get very uncomfortable and feel like I would get it at Red Lobster and uh, be safe. You can blow bubbles with it. It's kind of like silly putty. You can take the ice out and you can press it on comics and, and it, stretch the and, comics. And, and in the news, yeah. Americans' life expectancy is consistently going down. I wonder yeah. why. No. So this nugget ice, they call yeah, it. Yeah, nugget ice. Yeah, but people are just flipping out because it's it's like, it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome ice. So, but... Doesn't matter to you, Don. So yeah, you can go ahead and die if you're ready to die now. Well, you know, Matt, you know, Republican Matt Gates, he, he fucks nugget ice. So. Okay. (laughs) I made that up. That's totally fictional. Yeah. (laughs) The only people offended by that who have a kink. Fuck ice. (laughs) About my imagination whether it's a really great imagination <laughs> or i'm just a broken person and how easily i can see that play out all right your next your next headline is kind of a collection because i just couldn't pick my favorite one oh jesus but but it's <sighs> so this one struck me as as particularly unfortunate and weird and just gross for a couple of reasons um really just one reason but uh Al Pacino at 81 years old is expecting a kid. Uh, I'm sorry. He's 83. He's 83. He's 83. Um, and he's got a 27 year old girlfriend now. Yeah. And she's pregnant. 
And Al Pacino at 83 is going to be is going to be a a dad to another kid now, a baby, if he lives long. Do you think the pregnancy? The, the thing about it is, and I I read that and I was like, oh my god, you know, because De Niro just had his seventh kid, and, you know, all this kind of stuff, all these old dudes. And so, what I like about it, I mean, what I don't like about it is, I don't want to think, I don't want to think about an 83 year old man fucking ever, ever, never. I just don't want to have that image. But the second thing I is like, so I went and I saw a movie uh, the other day and uh, this woman, and she, you know, that's the thing is it's hard to tell in a movie theater, how old someone is. Yeah. But I mean, she had the, she weren't sure she had the most, I mean, distractingly good looking legs. I mean, just fucking like, holy shit. And I'm trying to watch the movie, but every time she'd move, I'd catch it in in my periphery. Well, I'm sure she's like 27. And what I now can say is, Hey, Al Pacino's 83 and just had a kid. I'm 20 years younger. (laughs) You know, bathroom. Yeah. 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 You know I mean? It's like, Hey, I'm not that old. I'm so I'm not 83 years old. Now, granted, I don't have money. So maybe that's where the 20 years kind of, you know, it, it evens out. That's, that's it. So, you know, love is love. Fuck who you want to fuck. Have kids if you want to have kids super late in life. I feel like, you know, I'm 44. I had my first kid at 39. Maybe I was 38 right before. Yeah, I was 38 still. Um, anyway, it's exhausting. It's tiring. 83 years old is, you know, you're short on energy. Well, right. he fucks. He's got to fuck. He's got to fuck like Superman fucks, which is I'm just going to lay here and let you jump on my rod. Because if I actually thrust into you in Superman's case, I'll split you in half. And in yeah. Pacino's case, I'll have a heart attack. So, you know. But this poor kid is probably not going to know his, their, their dad, his or her dad, their dad. He'll just know the money, which is probably better. And good, good on this, this girlfriend. 27 years old. Pretty smart. You know, I don't think, I mean, to each their own, but like, ew. Al Pacino is ew to me. He is not an attractive person. Well, he's not he fucking a, you. He's, a, he, now, he's not having sex with you, so that doesn't matter. I, I know. I know. But, you know, good for her for getting that bloodline money. You know, okay. she'll always have that Pacino money. He's working it, man. It. Oh, yeah. She's got, she's got the kid, so there's that. But I also, I recently watched Heat, which I hadn't seen in a long time. And you didn't like and, it. Yeah, it doesn't, it's, a, uh, the character development is very rushed in 90s. It's. Well, it's, a, yeah, it's, you know. I mean, it's, yeah, I know. It's, it, it does feel like, whoa, Pacino and De Niro to get like, and I know yeah. that, like the whole market. It was like, huge. Val Kilmer's great in that. Tom Sizemore's great in that. Everybody's it's a great movie. I love that movie. I don't think it's I don't think it's I don't think it's the level that Donnie Smith like he loves this movie. I really like this movie. It's unfortunate that you don't like it, but I I think it's a good movie. I think it's a really well made movie. I think it's a finely made movie. I just think that the character development is just really short and weird and it's just it's not I don't think it's a great movie. I All think right, it's fair. a fine movie. Like it's De Niro. It's Pacino. It's Val It's size. Like the acting, it's Ashley Judd. You know, there's a great scene where Natalie Portman's character tries to kill herself. Like beautiful, beautiful work. 
but it, it's 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 fine. It, it didn't work for you, and that's off, fine. The thing that throws me off on that movie, and it was funny because this week when I watched it, the news of Al Pacino having another yeah. kid came out. It's like the opening scene, or maybe like the second scene of the film, where Al Pacino's character and his <laughs> wife have this very long. Yeah, it's a it's extended. It's Danny Verona. Of course. Oddly gratuitous. And it's just an Al Pacino in that love scene. He's doing the love scene like he acts, like he's on Hulk. And he's, it's just, it's fucking aggressive and gross and weird. Okay. I could not, it, it just, it blew now, now, Well, now I, now I want you to picture another thing. He's 83 now and he just had a kid. He's having a child with a 27 year old woman, which means that in real time, it's like he's having sex with Natalie Portman's grandchild. Your next headline, because I'm not going to let my, my <laughs> imagination. It's it's had enough. It's had enough today. Your next headline. Elliot Page reveals a famous actor told him being gay, quote, doesn't exist and threatened to, quote, I'm going to fuck you to make you realize you aren't gay. Now, this was back when Elliot was still Ellen. Yeah. He came out as gay. Where she wasn't. Tra they weren't transgender or weren't out as transgender. Ellen was still gay. The journey is, it's a winding journey. It's a winding road. I love Elliot Page, but the only reason this is even news is that Elliot wanted to be noticed because nobody's talking about Elliot Page right now. And so he needed to have something in the newspapers so that people would say, oh, that's right. Elliot Page is a dude and is a transgender dude. Okay. Yeah, that's right. We should, we should acknowledge this person exists because there's no show they're doing right now or no movie. And that's the only reason this is news. Who gives a fuck? That's to me, it's like, well, it's hold on. It to me, that's the equivalent of, in my opinion, Courtney B. Vance says that once an actor called him the N-word. Who give? Okay, you dealt with it. It's who gives a shit? Is is it really news? Twenty years later, no. Who cares that? Uh, was 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 Ellen Page when she was gay and not transgender? Was Ellen Page like? Uh, did she not have other gay slurs? Do we have to have a news story about every gay slur that ever came out against Ellen Page before she he became Elliot? Elliot Pitt? Who cares? The answer is, who gives a shit? Well, the reason it's news is because this is a revelation presented in Elliot's new book, Page Boy, which comes out tomorrow, June 6th. So, well, that's no, it's in the book. And I think it's fine that it's in the book. It yeah. does not need a fucking headline by the book. You'll get the information. Okay. Does she, does he, does he say which actor it is in the book? It doesn't sound like it. Well, then who gives a fuck? No names. Kind of, okay. Hiss my ass. No yeah. names. Hiss my ass. Yeah. If it's fucking Morgan Freeman, I want to know that. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Speaking of, I'm going to make something completely up. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> he fucks Matt Gates's used ice cream. He does. He does. All right. Here's, <laughs> here's the big one. All right. This is your favorite com comedian 
storyteller, comedy killer. Hannah Gadsby. It's Hannah Gadsby, I guarantee you. Hannah Gadsby's Picasso exhibit is getting roasted by art critics. The Brooklyn Museum's It's Problematic, Picasso, according to Hannah Gadsby, Hannah Gadsby is being routed online. Before you give your feedback, I want to acknowledge that this was brought to my attention by our good friend, John Beardmore. He said, are you, he sent me a text. Are you doing Rorschach this week? I said, yes. He goes, Google problematic. And then like, get ready for the bullshit or something like that. So I did. I had. What? So no, cause, cause I have no idea. Okay. What, what is this exhibit? I have a feeling I know just from your description, but I want to hear what is this exhibit? So problematic. Uh, uh, where can I find this exactly what it is now? Um, so Hannah, who's like an art, she has like a degree in art, right? She talks well, a I don't, about so I don't care. Yeah. Again. So she put together this exhibit called Pablomatic, which like discusses, um, it, it examines his complicated legacy through a critical, contemporary, and feminist lens, even as it acknowledges his work's transformative power and lasting influence. That's how it's, that's how it's built. Boy, that sounds like a snooze. Well, it's getting dragged online. Um, Good. Some reviews have said it, it, uh, it, it functions a bit like bathroom graffiti or maybe Instagram captions. Um, it's juvenile. Uh, let's see. Um, don't you hate when you look like you belong in a Dickens novel, but end up in a mosh pit at Burning Man? I don't know what that means. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's getting dragged and cause it's just, it's like this incomplete thoughtless kind of, um, look, I'm calling out shit that needs to be called out, but why? And for what reason? And it doesn't highlight any of the, uh, women artists of its time, female artists of its time, or talk about the women that he worked with or that he, you know, was a misogynist too. It doesn't reveal anything new about what an asshole he was. I have two responses. The first response is I don't give a shit what reviewers say for the very example that, that there were so many negative and I haven't seen it because, uh, you know, granted I do like to see cartoons, but I just haven't been inspired to see the little mermaid, but the little mermaid came out and it got an overwhelming flood of one star reviews, most likely from bots, but basically to shit all over a movie that said, we're going to take this mermaid, this fictional mermaid character, and instead of make her white, we'll make her black. They, they did that. Well, they IMDB actually had to change their algorithm to reflect so that it wasn't just like shit on people that want to shit on something they don't like are going to shit on something they don't like. On the other hand, I have three responses. On the other hand, if Hannah Gatsby wants to do what is effectively a review of Picasso's work, then she should just endure the fact that they're going to review her review. Cause that's really all she did was she said, let me look at the work and review his shitty life. And number three, what I can't wait for is the, the next series of Netflix specials. And it's just going to be a Hannah Gadsby special where it is Hannah Gadsby finds something you enjoy and shits all over it because what else do we got to do? I think the next, uh, her next standup special is going to be called um, Brooklyn boo hoo. And it's just her bitching about, how people don't understand the 
what she was doing. You know, it's, it's not the art, it's the audience. There are six things you should do this week. My first thing this week is a watch. It's uh, the documentary, the thir- ESPN 3030, 30 for 30, um, the American Gladiators documentary. Oh, I got to watch that. That sounds great. So did you watch the American Gladiators in the 90s? Oh, yeah. 80s, of, early 90s? of course I did. I love that shit. Love that shit. So this is, it's a two-parter. Oh, I got to see this. This is you know, so great. American Gladiators. The second part takes a turn and gets into more of like the creators in parentheses of the show. And it's fucking nuts, man. Like it, it's great. It's, it's a, I have a feeling and I'm, and I don't, don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I have a feeling it's going to be like watching the, a documentary on the making of the Batman TV series where everybody was coked up and fucking the back rooms. I want to see that documentary. It's like, I mean, there was, they did reveal like a lot of, sucking and fucking between the gladiators of course. that's all I, that's no. all i want that's yeah. see that's all i want in the documentary my first thing oh what you get from it bonus is do you remember i'm sorry but spoiler i figure i owe you after all these years uh do you remember the the gladiator malibu yeah you the big blonde hair yeah yeah for thing so at one point he broke his hip and he had to get like these screws put into his hip and they show his x-ray of the screws, these you know, fucking massive screws in his hip. What you also see, if you slow down and take a look, this is a great big junk that he's uncircumcised. And just how about that? <laughs> how about one of those like little fun facts? Things you would never, ever, ever think that you would know or be curious about, or just. I will probably retain the information and it doesn't matter. It's not important to it's anything. It's there. It's there. But just, I now know that Malibu, the American gladiator has an uncircumcised penis. That's just, it's just a fun fact. Yeah. Well, that fact. was, that, that was also an Elliot pages book. Uh, my first thing is a read. It is in our, our, <laughs> you can use Malibu's foreskin. As a bookmark. Exactly. It's exactly what it is. Uh, my first thing is in, in the Atlantic. It was written by Tim Alberta. This is a seriously long read. It's 15,000 words long, but it is absolutely fa- fascinating. It is called the inside the meltdown at CNN. And this is one great read. It is lit. It is, it, it, there's just. I don't even want to give anything away, but it really, it, it starts off with the fucking Trump town hall and then yep. works its way backward to say how did we get to this place and it is really good that was that was one of my but i've got i've got backups i had a lot of things to yeah to yeah do this week so i'm really glad that you said this oh yeah. god i fucking it's read it great read it's such a great read yeah yeah um my next thing is a listen uh this is a podcast the slate podcast slow burn they're on season eight this season is about everyone's favorite Supreme Court justice, Justice Clarence Thomas. Outstanding. Um, so there are two episodes in. Uh, the first episode is America's Blackest Child. It's called America's Blackest Child, which was a nickname that he got because he was so dark. Um, and of course, we know that like in the black community, the darker you are, the worse off you are, right? Um, 
so it talks about like his upbringing and then um i guess we're i know i guess we're only on the one the first episode there's a if you're a member of slate plus there's um an exclusive members only thing but uh, yeah and and i recommend slow burn to anybody because my buddy Derek johns is the producer and uh he's a guy he's a guy i worked with at wbz so i'm really proud that he uh pulled himself out of that it's a great great podcast yeah it is really pulled himself out of that pit yeah so my second my second thing is also a podcast listen it is uh, again uh, our our sponsor honestly with barry weiss uh, her latest episode is How to Live Longer and Healthier with Dr. Peter, Peter Atia. Revelations include obesity is probably not genetic in a larger sense. Yes, my joke. Calories are all equal, but food is not. Preventative medicine is a financial loss, which is why we don't do it. And Medicine 2.0. I mean, you got to listen to the podcast because he talks about preventative med- medicine. Yeah. Just it's a loss. Lo- I mean, they, they lose tons of fucking money. And he tells yeah. you why. And then medicine 2.0, which is the way he in his book that he's talking about, he discusses that medicine 2.0 is when they finally just they figured out how to eradicate, for the most part, infectious disease. Which at the time was, I mean, that's the short death. It's going to happen and you're going to die. Um, and that that has codified into how we deal with all medical health in this country specifically at the expense of dealing with long-term death, which is heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's, that kind of stuff. We don't deal with long-term death almost at all in any kind of effective way. So it's, it's, it's a really, really good. And, and, and more importantly, what I really liked about this is she forces him to give like real life examples of how to live better. And it's, it's, I, I thought it was a really, I tried it last night. One of the things he talks about is that if you, if you want to get the best sleep, the most productive sleep, you sleep in a very cold, dark room. And she said, what do you mean a cold? What do you mean a cold dark room? He said, 65 degrees. Uh, and you know, I was like, okay. So last night I set my air conditioning to sixty-five degrees just to see. Yeah, and I, and I don't know if I slept the best night of my life. I slept fine, but uh, I, I thought it was an interesting thing that that was one of the things. Is like, okay, yeah, if you sleep in a cold, dark room, you'll sleep better. It's like, all right, that's cool. That's interesting. Um, I do love this podcast, and that is that episode is next on my list, and I'm going to listen to it while working out. Yeah, because I figured double up. Oh, it'll make you feel good. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. the thing is because he does talk about exercise being uh, yeah. the thing that if you want to add 10 years to your life, if I love this fact, he said, if you're considering somebody that is at a zero, that doesn't do any kind of physical, physical activity, he said, if they, if they just committed to doing three hours of what he called type two exercise and type two exercises that you're, it's, it's vigorous enough that you could have a conversation while doing it, but don't really want to. I yeah. love that example. It's a great, like very real world example that if you did three hours a week from zero, you would extend your lifespan 10 years. Great. That's I mean, and he's got yeah. lots of, like, he's got a battery of, I mean, the guy knows what he's talking about. This is not like he's just pulling yeah. out of his ass. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, my last thing to do this week is a read in the Atlantic. Uh is Holocaust education making anti-Semitism worse? I read that. Yeah. I think I, I think I brought this up yeah. last week, but I don't. I didn't. Wasn't one of my recommendations. Um, <laughs> the subhead 
using dead Jews as symbols isn't helping living ones. And what's really interesting about this, it's written by Dana Horn. Um, and Dana Horn is a, hang on, I have it written down here. Uh, she is the author of five novels and the essay collection, People Love Dead Jews, reports from Alfonso <laughs> Press. So, so she's really into like, the dead Jew thing. And yeah. The dead Jew thing, yeah. But what's great is like, she spends a bit of time at the Holocaust Museum and the Skokie Holocaust Museum or the Illinois Holocaust Museum in Skokie for obvious reasons. It's one of the biggest. It's one of the quote unquote best. Um, but like they're just doing things all wrong. And it's very interesting about how they're doing it. And I just love this one thing they're doing in an uncomfortable mashup of cool tech and dead Jews. The museum, the Illinois Holocaust Museum in Skokie offers virtual reality tours of Auschwitz. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. They also have um, holograms of Holocaust survivors that they recorded a couple of years ago. These people are dead now. And it's just like this AI kind of, you know, thing you can ask them questions and then like use AI to like, okay, I hear the words. These are the keywords, but and then they respond, but it doesn't often work because it's fucking AI generated holograms and the actual people are dead now, you know? <laughs> like, so it's just, it's, it's a very, and the way that they rush kids through and how they skirt, um, like the history of anti-Semitism, like ancient history and like the long term, like it's not just the Holocaust happened and that was bad. And then, it, and then we keep going. The, the reason that the Holocaust happened, it was like this slow burn and built on years, decades, millennia of anti-Semitism. And then, you know, of course, looking at the way that America uh, screwed over its black people, they pulled some of that. Through. Anyway, it's just, it's super, super interesting in how we're looking at um, anti-Semitism in America right now. All right. Very good. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, the. It, I, I think it follows the law of diminishing returns that the more you, the more you beat the drum, uh, the less people hear it. Well, and, and 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 I'm not saying that you shouldn't talk about it, but if that's all you talk about, I, it's one of the things that I've, I've I have a criticism. The way that you talk about it, well, the, I, the kind of perspective me, you put it. To in. me, the criticism that I have with the concept that we need to talk more about uh, how white people fucked over other black people, um, I think that is absolutely part of the education that needs to be had. But what is more positive, and what I think will be more positive for young black children, is to elevate the voices of those black people in history that have been amazing and successful, not just the ones that were victims. And so I, it, it, again, it goes, it goes to the heart of what we're talking about is like people say, Oh, the best way to combat income equality is to tear down the people who have, why not focus on building up the people who have not? And, and, and it evens itself out. That's the thing. I want to know, you know, if I go to the Holocaust museum, yes, I absolutely want to know about the Holocaust, but I also want to know about Albert Schweitzer. I want to know about the Jews that changed the world in a positive way, because without the positive reinforcement, all you get is how horrible it's been. And that is not a compelling message. Speaking of a compelling message, my third thing is go see Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. 
Mm, how is fucking, it? It's fantastic. The thing yeah. that I, the thing that I love about it is I didn't know it was the second part of a three parter. Oh, it's yeah. the, I did not know that. So I'm so, I am way in. I'm having such a great time with it. Everything about it is fun. Everything about it is interesting. All the characters are great. Oscar Isaac is super good. Everything about this movie just rocked. And I'm way into it. And at the end, you're getting ready for the big thing. And it says, to be continued. And I, and my jaw dropped. I went, to be continued. Dude, it's a second. I didn't give anything away. I didn't give anything I didn't away. You, there's a cliffhanger. I don't. Well, you I know knew harder, but like you knew it was a three putter. I didn't, and I see to be continued. My jaw dropped, and I almost audibly went, "What the fuck?" And then I went, "No, okay, I want to see more. I, I'd see another two hour movie of this shit. This is great. I love the characters. I love the expansion of it. Mm-hmm. The expanding of the multiverse is so interesting. Yeah, and." I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I, 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 yes, yes, I highly recommend it. Super fun, loved it, uh, loved everything about it, and uh, we'll probably see it again. So, rock and roll, and that's the show. Show. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to two white guys holding court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>